Welcome to the Holy Smokes Podcast, a show about faith, friendship, fine tobacco and drink. I'm Steve Ryder, and we're going to be talking today about the basics of a Holy Smoke gathering. And I have the preeminent hosts, Holy Smoke hosts in the nation here in the motherland of Colorado Springs. And I am with Megan and Etienne Hardray, Paul Felitas, and Kay Idamine the godfather of holy smokes and so we are in the illustrious lion's den thank you very much derek and susan fulmer for allowing us to sit here in these incredibly comfortable leather chairs if you're in the group undoubtedly you have seen posts here first question for everyone what are you smoking i'm smoking a uh, la gloria cubana Series R Maduro. I love that stick. Uh, it's so good. It's uh, inexpensively priced. You can get a good five pack or ten pack at really reasonable prices. It's just such a nice dark stick. Starts off a little harsh. So when we get further in, I'll tell you a little bit more about it. Megan. I have a Nub Connecticut. Nice and buttery. Nice and buttery. K. I'm smoking a K period Hansotia. Founder's Choice Sherpa 2002 cigar. It's a nice little orange band on it that looks pretty cool. I like the yeah. design of that. It's opening up nice, and uh, we'll see how it finishes. All right. And Paul? I am smoking a Rocky Patel The Edge. There are several Edge ones, and I'm still testing them. And this one so far is very good. But it's my first cigar in a few days. I was a little bit Terrible. under the weather oh, no. with some sickness and oral surgery so i'm enjoying it paul you have the most amazing voice and we will be getting in the very near future your story we'll be getting to that so be sure to stay tuned to the podcast feed for that episode so the reason that i wanted to have you all here was because Kay, you will often hear people ask you how do i do this how do I host a Holy Smokes? What do I have to do to host a Holy Smokes? And so I figured, what the heck? Let's get all of you in the same room and let's just kind of paint the picture for how we have grown the group here in the motherland of Colorado Springs to, I mean, really on a Wednesday, well, often during the summer, we'll have 40 plus people that will show up to a group. So that's a great question. People often ask me, how do I start a Holy Smokes? And I tell them, it's really simple. You just... Get a couple friends together, invite them over, and have a cigar, and maybe have a libation there. Some people don't drink, so you know have sort of non-alcoholic as well as alcoholic beverages available to them, and just get together and hang out and fellowship and just see what the Holy Spirit does when it comes to conversation. It can't be that easy. That easy. It can't be. That's it. That's Holy Smokes. And uh, you can do it anywhere, anyhow. That's legal, obviously. Because, you know, as cigar smokers, we come up against a lot of rules and regulations and stuff of where to smoke, how to smoke, so many feet away from the front door, all that stuff. But typically it's at homes. And what you have here in this podcast today are two examples of just fantastic hosts. I mean, world class. We are now in 80 nations, uh, around 3,000 people on the secret Facebook page, which we will soon be announcing about uh, holysmokes.world, I believe. Dot club. Dot club. Thank you very much. Holy Smokes dot club. But what you have here is Paul Felitas, who is an amazing host. He's got the full package, so to speak, 
of just hospitality and making people feel welcome and loved on. And of course you have Megan and Etienne here and they alternate now because of the size and the sort of the op tempo of it all. I mean, guess it is tiresome guys. I mean, when you have that many people every week, you know, you're serving and loving folks and it goes fast. That's right. So, you know, what you have is some, a lot of wisdom here, a lot of knowledge on how to create a wonderful environment where everybody's welcome. Well, on the previous episode, the history of Holy Smokes, we talked about moving from your backyard into starting to become something more. And so when did the Holy Smokes group here in Colorado Springs kind of transition from your backyard to other locations? You know, it's really hard to pinpoint the dates or the times of that, but I would say 2012, Paul, is when you started, yeah? So 2012, that's seven years ago. And what happened was we would typically have a Holy Smokes at my place and I had groups of up to about 80 to 100 at times during the summertime yeah. in my backyard. <laughs> and as you can imagine, a big group. it's a big group. But you have a big property Big too. property, but you know, there's a pillar of fire and smoke going up <laughs> in the summertime. <laughs> Once a summer we had a, at a uh, it's called the Smokes and Floats, where we had people doing Holy Smokes and then people would bring their wives because all, all the wives were always saying, well, who is this group of guys that you're always hanging out with? And so we wanted to demystify that and, and you know, sort of have a safe place for the wives to come, so to speak, who didn't smoke. You know, we call Megan in our nomenclature of Holy Smokes, the Holy Grail. <laughs> right? One of the brothers. <laughs> Meaning, here's a wife that not only lets her husband smoke cigars, now catch a vision for this, guys, but a wife that actually smokes a cigar with you. You're blessed, aren't you, Etienne? So, and so that we call that the Holy Grail of Holy Smokes. But all that to say, um, joking aside, is, is that we have now, what happened was, you know, this group was getting bigger and bigger, and Paul caught the vision, and we said, you know, we, we need to start decentralizing this. We need to empower and release more people to do it themselves. It's not a big deal about it being in one place at my place. It can be at all kinds of places. And so Paul started, and it just grew. And geographically speaking, he's about 25, 30 minutes south of where I live. And so it drew in a whole... More central Colorado Springs, too. Exactly. It was more central, and it drew, you know, basically folks that live closer to them. And then we just started two groups, and then it just started expanding. And what happens is, here in Colorado Springs, we're blessed in that, you know, we get a lot of people coming in to visit Colorado Springs. Beautiful place. Yeah. And there's a lot of ministry folks here, a lot of over 250 ministries, ministries international yeah. ministries. So we get visitors. And then once we get through sort of what we call the secret handshake, and we find out that they like smoked cigars, maybe they like a little bourbon or a scotch, then we invite them over for Holy Smokes. And then they experience it and they go, man, this is a safe place. This is a place I want to do this where I come from. So whether they're from Tyrone, Georgia, or whether they're from the UK, or whether they're from Orlando, or they're from wherever. Rural Kentucky. Or visiting from Shanghai, that's right, Paul. So but I'll, enough of that, I'll let them share some of their experiences and wisdom. So Paul, how did you get familiar with Holy Smokes? Who invited you, and how long did you start going before you said, hey, I wanna host at my house? Which you, by the way, people in the group undoubtedly have seen your backyard, and it's like, gorgeous backyard in downtown Colorado Springs with these mature trees and a nice lawn and chairs. And even during the winter when the high is above 50, 55 degrees, well, you'll throw on the propane heaters and we'll go into the evening and enjoy the nice Colorado winters, which are really mild here because of the low humidity. 
tell us a little bit about how did you get to Holy Smokes and why did you start to host? Well, I used to go every opportunity up to K, but he lives in the northern part of the city. And then I just thought, hey, something more regular. Wouldn't that be nice? I started a weekly meeting in 2012. And, you know, there were times in the very beginning. And we do have a smoking lounge downtown Colorado Springs, too, where when it's too cold, we meet there. Where at times I had only one or two people show up in the early days, but it I mean, I feel very, very grateful and privileged to be able to host this event. It's been a joy to me. I love hugging people and, you know. <laughs> you give the best hugs. <laughs> Thank you, you. Even to the degree of running into danger, I heard uh, <laughs> through Steve that somebody asked Steve, hey, is this guy, you know, gay? And so... <laughs> But Steve was able to confirm that uh, the Steve there's no the, issue with that. The Steve you're mentioning is Steve Grison, who is off on the sidelines, who may chime in, but he's fine with not being a part of this one. So I think from the very beginning, I mean, I've done so many meetings in my life. I was in YWAM for 40 years. You know, I got meetinged out. And I realized here is a space, Holy Smokes gatherings are a space where people can hang out, can relax, can be unpretentious, can just sit around for hours and blow smoke figuratively as well as literally and, you know, enjoy a drink and share. And there's no agenda. There is no, it's informal. And I think so many of us have so much agenda in our daily life that people began to appreciate the fact that they can just come to a space to hang out. And the success of its growth, I think, has to do with, you know, a welcoming, friendly atmosphere. And people contribute with food, contribute with drinks. And we even have people who don't smoke cigars, who smoke pipes, of course. And we even have a guy who smokes cigarettes occasionally. And a couple of guys who may not smoke at all, but they love the fellowship. And, you know, it's case ongoing work of bringing people in and getting the word out. But I think the fact that it's a friendly, non-pretentious, non-agenda-driven time together that makes people feel welcome and they come back and they like it and they feel free to invite friends. And it doesn't only attract Christians. It yeah. attracts people who are open to maybe, you know, being reverential of, of toward our creator but you don't have to be a christian to participate in such an environment you know non-christians feel welcomed as well and we had a guy for a while that i befriended at a cigar lounge and i mean i was happy to see him being happy to hang out with christians and they didn't feel like people were jumping on him with a christian message or anything so and we talk. We gotta get him safe. We gotta get yeah, him safe. Exactly. He's, he's got to make the commitment today. <laughs> and we talk about everything. I mean, we talk about God. We talk about life. We talk about each other's journeys, and we try to be encouraging of each other's journeys. And yes, we do talk about hunting too. And I'm not familiar. I'm an inner city boy. I'm not familiar <laughs> with guns and hunting. Inner city where? Berlin, Germany. Yes, that's hence the accent. Yes, thank you. And I feel so privileged when I look around through the smoke and see people enjoying each other and talking to each other in big groups like that, of course, of 
30 plus people, you know, we don't have one conversation. We have many conversations and people move around and we have also some playing going on. We have little games going Long on. games. And cornhole. Yes. So it's a great time. Etienne, when did you guys start to get involved and at what point did you guys decide to host and why? Yeah, so I got invited by Paul originally and began going to his house really early on, 2013. And how did you get to know Paul? I met him at a conference, actually, at a YWAM conference, and I had lunch with him and uh, had been invited by other people over the that year, I think, because it was growing. And Paul was the final straw that got me to go because he's just so wonderful and easy to fall in love with. And so uh, 2013, back when there were not that many people going, and I loved the opportunity to stay probably longer than I should have, but the conversations got deeper and deeper the longer you spent time with people, and those were the most precious to me. You start with sort of a million conversations going, and you just meet a million people, but then everybody sort of goes you know, back home, and, and you're left with you know, three or four people around the fire, and they start to talk about real deep theological issues, real deep family issues, and you really get to know people on a one-on-one basis, and a lot... Um, more of an intimate way. And that's really where I fell in love with it. I just made it a regular part. I loved Paul's commitment to having it every Wednesday, which made it easy for me to just block that time out of my calendar and just always commit to it. And I encourage people that have come in the past, block it out and make it a priority for your life or something will always get in the way. True. It has a tendency, life has a tendency to get busy and to take you in a million directions. And then, you know, something that's not a priority will just get lost. And so we've seen some of those people come and go over the years where used to be regulars and then they sort of disappear for a while and then they might come back again in a different season of their life, which is fine. Uh, But for me, I found it so important that I just made it a regular weekly thing. And I think by showing up, that was 90% of the battle. When people come and they go and they come and they go and they see that you've been there the whole time, you just sort of naturally become a cornerstone for the community in that regard. And so after many years of doing that, we got, uh, Paul had gone through a a time where um, it was a little bit more difficult for him to host all the regular weekly meetings. And so we just volunteered, my wife Megan and I just volunteered and said, hey, what if we split this up with you? And uh, we had been sort of the hosts for whenever he was out of town or traveling. And we just said, hey, we'll have it at our place so that we can keep the regular weekly meeting. Or if it's down at at Rendezvous at the Cigar Lounge, then we could be the hosts there as well. And that was just sort of an as-needed basis. And it grew into the idea of let's just switch off every week. And so we picked up, what has it been now, two years maybe? It's been about two years that we started doing every other week. So that helps carry the load quite a bit more. Not that it's a heavy burden in the first place, but it just sort of allows more people to keep the thing going, more energy, more involvement. Let me add to that, Etienne. I mean, I'm going to be 70 next year. And so the weeks go by really, really fast. And while I was very glad to host every week, I realized we had a lot of younger people starting to come too. And it's a great mix of young and old people. And so I thought it was wonderful that Etienne and Megan stepped up, you know, being younger and 
you know, facilitating and encouraging the younger guys to continue coming. And so I'm very grateful that you guys involved in it as well nowadays. Um, because it does affirm the young people as well. They feel at home that way. And But the mix of young and old, I think, it's is huge. something important. It's I huge. feel like many young people have you know, told me that they... I mean, I'm glad to see them liking to hang out with some of those old folks as well. And I think it's a great dynamic. One thing I want to say, too, is it's not supposed to replace church or Sunday school or Bible study or anything or prayer meetings. We do occasionally have prayers when there are particular things that might come up. I will occasionally, uh, not regularly, pull the group together and we you know, make an announcement maybe about somebody going on a mission trip or something or has a need in their life. And we you know, offer a prayer together up to the Lord or pray before we Love it. You know, start eating. And I don't try to do that that much because one of the things that I loved about it is I have nothing to prepare apart from getting the chairs ready and the yeah. drinks and food, you know, organized. But there is no agenda that I need to feel pressure to provide, you know, no theme to provide. And that's great. Yeah. One of the things I really like about both of your locations is there's a grill. And usually someone's bringing a slab of meat mm -hmm. and throwing or sausages or whatever. Yeah. And they're throwing that on the grill. And there's usually a group of people kind of congregated around that grill manly grilling mm -hmm. yeah exactly and, and then you know pull it off and share that and mm -hmm. and like when we meet down at rendezvous meg you'll usually bring some cookies or some like little baked goods to kind of pass around and it's nothing huge but mm -hmm. it's usually kind of a community thing where who's bringing the meat anyone and someone will usually usually someone volunteers without even asking yeah that's been the fun part for us is because my wife's a better cook than I am and more intentional about uh, keeping men fed, we tend to have a, a more complete meal, I think. But that was the coolest thing is that if you don't have anything to bring, you don't have to. Just show yeah, up. Like know. that's the most important thing. Yeah. But if you do have something to bring, just bring something small. It might be snacks. It might be a, you know, a bottle of bourbon. It might be a six pack of beer. It might be an extra cigar to share. You know, we actually at our, our place, we, somebody turned us on to this. They just suggested it in the group and I thought it was a good idea. We have a little free box. And if anybody has any extra cigars Ooh. that maybe they got in a sampler pack or from the cigar festival or online and they didn't like them, you stick them in the box. There's a big free sign on top of it. And if you don't have a cigar to share or you didn't have time to stop by and get one, grab one. Yeah. And that was an easy thing for us to do. Almost all of us have extra sticks all the time. So it's super easy. But yeah, I mean, I never felt the obligation at Holy Smokes to provide. I never felt like I had to cook an entire meal. Never felt like I had to make a huge meal. Never felt like I had to spend a lot of money. It was always a community-driven thing that just sort of went and supported the whole community. It was awesome. Paul, one of the things that you mentioned that I absolutely love is this multi-generational aspect of Holy Smokes because in a future episode with Etienne and Megan in The Couple That Smokes Together Stays Together, it's an ongoing semi-regular episode that we will do, they talked specifically about when Etienne first started coming, he was the youngest guy there. Now we have people that are coming from all different generations. We have 
millennials. We have Gen Xers like myself. We have the baby boomers. We have even some younger Gen Z or really older Gen Z guys that are starting, women that are starting to come occasionally. But it's not just the age demographics that are coming. It's also people from multi different denominations. As you said, people not of faith. I mean, for a while we had a dude that was coming that was Hindu and I loved talking with him. And we also have women that are coming like Megan and Nellie, Steve's wife, and some other women that, that will just occasionally come just to be a part of it. They may not necessarily smoke. And, and sometimes to check us out. Exactly. I've had wives sometimes check, come along, and I really felt like they were checking us out, checking me out. And subsequently, I heard that they were actually encouraging their husbands, hey, it's Wednesday, don't you need to go to the Holy Smokes? So some women, some wives, some spouses have, have realized that this is a good thing for their husbands to be involved in. Yeah, Elizabeth will kick me out of the house sometimes when I haven't been in a while, and she'll be like, you need some guy time, get out of here. Shut down your computer, go. And it's been fantastic for me. Just the group of people that I've gotten to know and the group, of, especially the men that are pouring into my life. Cause I made the move from being an employee with Dr. Dobson at focus on the family and then family talk to a solopreneur, a sole proprietor to now having employees and having a, a business. And this has been a journey for me of real mental shifts. There's a real mental shift in moving from being an employee to a solopreneur And then from a solopreneur to actually having a small business with employees and passing stuff off and delegating, having guys like Steve Grice and, and UATN and some others that are able to pour into me and just kind of say, no, what you're dealing with right now, it's normal. It's normal for what you're going through. And not only that, but with everything that's gone on with my wife's health, having people around me that are just, hey, you're going to make it through it. You're doing a good job. Just keep moving forward. We're here for you. We love you. It's been gigantic for me. And so I want to say to both of you, to really all of you, thank you for hosting. Thank you for really kind of setting the stage for this area of my life because I honestly don't know where I'd be right now. I'd probably have given up a long time ago and gotten a job with some ministry. Yeah, and ministry. I mean, there are ministry people from all kinds of, you know, pastors, ministry leaders who come and who, you know, especially them maybe who have a lot of agenda in their daily lives, you know, like to just hang out and be with each other. One of the side benefits is, you know, with a lot of people like this who are involved locally, who are involved internationally, there's a preponderance of ideas that come up too while you talk and network. And while this is not supposed to be a place of selling or of, of you know promoting your particular product or service to the rest of the group um, some of it does happen of course naturally, yeah, naturally but we don't encourage people to bring their agenda of trying to sell something yeah and i think megan and Etienne, you can speak a little bit more to this but from what i've seen in the five years that i've been going now since 2014 the people that come with the idea of I'm a financial advisor and I'm going to use this to help build my book of business, they walk or they're an insurance guy or they're, you know, an MLM or whatever. They wash out pretty quick. They realize that, Hey, this is not a quick sell. This is not a place where I'm going to show up and do my pitch and trade business cards with lots of people. Instead, this is something where friendships develop and out of those friendships, as Paul said, naturally, naturally, 
that kind of stuff will start to happen and bubble up and the connections will be made and Oh, oh, Steve, you're into po- you you produce podcasts. I know this guy who runs a ministry over here. You need to yeah, I'm going to introduce exactly. him to you. Exactly. And looking around and realizing that people are making connections outside of the formal gatherings that we the the gatherings that we have on Wednesday. I see they hey, they had lunch together or they had dinner together or they met or they meet each other. So it's wonderful to see that it's going beyond those meetings and this is a platform on which it starts that people uh, get together and apart from the group meeting. Um, one of the things that I am really jazzed about, Kay, is the fact that a lot of them are traveling. You know, a lot of them you go to conferences and so on. And in my life, I've been to lots of conferences. And what do you do at the end of the conference when you're tired after a long day? You know, you hang out in your hotel room or... Who knows what else you might be doing as a man away from your spouse in some city. And people are now posting on Holy Smokes and saying, hey, anybody, you know, I'm in Cincinnati. You know, I'm at a conference. Anybody around here do cigar smoking to have some fellowship? And so people take advantage of that. And I think spouses especially are probably happy to see that happening too, that at the end of conferences when they're alone, that they don't spend so much time alone in their hotel room. So, Megan and Etienne, what has hosting Holy Smokes at your place meant to you two? Uh, Well, for me, it's an opportunity to give back to the men who have given so much to me to continue to be able to provide that open space. We've built some really cool friendships out of it. Just having the space, having it available. Occasionally, we'll have guys who, who say, hey, can I show up a little bit early? I've got, you know, I'm in between things. Can I help you set up? Can I help you tear down? And we've had so many relationships that we've been able to carry off into the rest of our daily lives, which is absolutely amazing. And we've gotten to travel with these people. I've gotten to do business with these people. I've gotten to just have good, solid friendships that all got their seedlings planted in this regular weekly meeting, which is just phenomenal because that's what you really want is you want a deep, robust group of friends. You want a deep, robust group of people to do life with. And uh, it needs a catalyst. It needs some kind of start, Mm -hmm. right? You know what I mean? It needs something to get you guys together, a place where you can feel one another out, find out what you're all about. And one of the things I've noticed about Holy Smokes that's different from all the other men-centric churchy type gatherings that I've been a part of for decades is that guys just don't want to sit down together and start talking about their emotions. That's not a thing. Like that doesn't work. What? Right. What? It just does not happen. What? Like, guys, are you no, sure? I mean, hey, you call six random people from your church and say, Hey, come over to my house. We're going to sit here and talk about all of our dirty laundry. You know, no, No, that's not my idea of a good time. It really is not, actually. I mean, if I trust you and I know you really well, yeah, we'll get there. But there's this whole courting process where you start to get to know people. And that's what the cigars allow you to do. So in my house, we just sit. We just light up a stick, grab a bourbon, you know, just relax. Let the the flavors just sort of mellow you out and wipe away the the grime of the day and the the stereotypes of what church is or this or that or who we are, our socioeconomic status. I mean, I've, I've been able to have guys in my house that I would otherwise not be able to even say hi to on the street. I mean, we've had 
generals and politicians and millionaires and homeless people. Ministry leaders. And ministry leader and students and single dads and single moms and just random people all mixing together. And to see them love one another and know one another's name and and encourage one another and share a meal and share a stick and share a drink where they otherwise would not ever have swam in the same circle at all. Never would have even crossed one another's paths. That is the most precious thing to me. Being able to serve them, being able to open that up and just make that happen and sit back sometimes on the fringe and just watch it happen. That's just really cool. So Etienne, that takes time. That takes a lot of energy. It takes vulnerability. It takes energy. It takes sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You're sacrificing a Wednesday afternoon, in, and I know, into the evenings. <laughs> yeah, because here in Colorado Springs, we meet usually from 4th on Wednesdays. We meet 4.30 to 7.30. Mm-hmm. But I'll it sometimes... way beyond I'll, that. I'll, I'll 9.30, often, right, Paul? Yeah, I'll often see pictures like of mm-hmm. you, Megan, and ATN, your backyard. You guys have a little, like, little fire pit thing mm-hmm. where... You guys will take I'll see a picture like eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock, just a handful of people around that pit just having a conversation. The glow of the fire on their mm-hmm. faces. It's it's wonderful to see. Yeah, it's um you know, I want to encourage anybody else who might be thinking of hosting a gathering. It does not have to be fancy. You just have to have enough chairs for people to kind of sit there and, and we've even had people ask people to bring chairs if you know you think you're going to be short on them and people will do that yeah you don't have to provide a meal you don't have to have a fancy space you don't have to have a fire pit you don't have to really have anything just uh, you know bring your sticks bring yourself bring something to drink and you can get started but on the other hand you're right we have made it such a priority in our lives and it's so precious to us it's become one of our primary ministries and so the reality is we've We've bought extra chairs. We've bought extra tables. We design our lives around the ability to host these men into this environment, into this fellowship with one another, because it's so important to us. In fact, even when we moved to our recent house just earlier this year, we literally were looking for how will this space support <laughs> our friends, this regular weekly gathering. I mean, It's a we, beautiful place. It was yeah. one of our primary criteria was we need to be able to continue this thing. And we can't find a house that won't allow, you know, 40, 50 guys to gather. And so for us, we've made it a, a much bigger deal. Megan's got out of her way to buy extra chairs and, you know, stuff gets broken and stuff gets lost. And we have tons of glassware now. Uh, we've gathered it over the years, though. You know, you build that up slowly. We're not independently wealthy or anything like that. We're certainly not the wealthiest people in the group, that's for sure. And so it wasn't something like we needed to invest a ton of money or a ton of time into. And we've also set boundaries, too, for guys You know, sometimes the conversations will go too long and we'll just say, hey, look, guys, we're tired. It's time to go home, you know, last call kind of thing. And they respect that. Yeah. So don't be afraid to say, this is what we can do. Let's get started there. And this is what we're willing to offer. Be firm sometimes on that and just say, you know, don't take advantage. Because if you don't take advantage of it, it will grow into something really sweet. Logistically, how does it work for you? Do you... How do you contact them? Everybody knows it happens on a Wednesday now every week. But say in Colorado, we have sometimes inclement weather. How does that work? How do you communicate with people? I usually ask people, new people especially, hey, thanks for coming. And, you know, feel free to come anytime you want. And if you, you know, I have an email list. If you want to be notified where we meet uh, every week, you know, let me know your email address. And people 
volunteer their email addresses. They want to be informed about it. So I have between 100 and 200 email addresses here in our larger region to inform people where we meet because of weather issues sometimes. We do have a carport. When it just rains, we just move into my carport. So that's easy. And we also post on Holy Smokes uh, where it will be this week. And But not everybody sees it. There's so much traffic now in the Holy Smokes page that the email probably helps and maybe we need to get into texting as well because people are beginning to text and say, hey, I haven't seen a notice. They might have missed it and want to know where are we meeting. What would you guys say would be the key things for someone in, say, Biloxi, Mississippi or Madison, Wisconsin, close to where I grew up. I want to see a group there because I want to, when I go back to see my parents, I want to see a healthy, vibrant group in Madison, Wisconsin. What would you say are some of the key things for getting a group going? Well, to start with, just invite them. Just invite them over and just be, provide a friendly environment and it grows from there. The word goes out. I mean, we have people coming. I have no idea where they came from, who brought them. People are telling, hey, you know, I go to this meeting. What kind of meeting is that? The word is getting out and people start adding and coming and coming and going. And there's no formal membership or anything. It's easy in, easy out. This is more of a movement rather than, you know, some kind of formal organization. And that's what people like. People cannot always come because they have something on Wednesday. And then, you know, many, many weeks later, they come and said, hey, my Wednesdays are free now and I'm finally able to come again. And they're (laughs) just happy to, to show up again. Would you say for someone who is interested in starting a group, would you recommend starting small, like say on a the first Thursday of every month or just once a month? Would you say consistency is part of the key to really start to develop a group within a town? I'd say being consistent and being intentional. I think that's the most important thing. And I've seen folks gather with just two people. That's it. Two guys just sitting there. And you know what happens? They build on that. And then more show up and more show up. And when they're traveling around, there's those two guys and someone else will join them, which is really special. But I think being intentional is what has made this group works so well. All of these guys, they're coming from work or they're coming from somewhere else during the weekend. They just want time to spend and just unwind. And they're intentional. They want to do that. I would say that's step one. Get two folks that just want to be intentional and hang out. Now, the membership in the group is overwhelmingly male. But Megan, there are some females that do come. Yeah, there's a, there's a few. Uh-huh. Would you recommend guys... Would you recommend bringing your wives occasionally? She may not necessarily smoke, but bring your wife to see the other people that you're hanging around with. And so that way she can start to encourage. Yeah, Holy Smokes has been a gift to our marriage. Once I kind of figured out the amazing group of men that meet, honestly, throughout the world, they're all great. I would have no problem traveling around with my husband and meeting with some of these guys, knowing that the conversation is going to be amazing. Edifying. Yes. Yes. It's so cool. And you leave with friends. You leave with new friends that you would have not met otherwise. And so, yes, bring your wife, especially if you're going to travel around or, or just 
otherwise. Um, it's a blessing and a gift to have these solid friendships in your life that I think most of us miss out on otherwise, because as adults, we're busy, right? We can fill our calendars, kid stuff, work stuff, whatever. Um, you know, Jesus gathered around the table with his disciples. And one thing I think that Holy Smokes does is models that well. And, and, you know, you, you don't have to have food, but I think as you go add it in because you're breaking bread with your brothers and sisters and in a figurative sense, you know, but I think that's special in your building on those relationships and bringing God into that community. Even if it's not church, you're still doing that with community. And that's, that's pretty cool too. You know, I have a wife who is not exactly outgoing and it took a little while, but she realized the benefit too. She doesn't usually participate in the meetings, but she is behind me. She's encouraged me to keep going with it. She's happy for my involvement and she's a group. So I'm a fortunate husband with a more introverted wife, but she is fully behind it nowadays. And I'm a lucky husband too, even though she does not smoke. So everyone, how are your smokes going right now? Almost done. How was it? Phenomenal. I was having the nub, which is a great shorter smoke. Um, about 45 minutes longer if you talk a lot like I do, but it's great. Nice and buttery. Still a pretty, I feel like it's a fairly robust cigar. Yeah. I'm all done. I'm ready for another one. It's lying right <laughs> next to me. It's a Padron 1990. We also had uh, hookah. Yes, so we have. Had we hookah. have an Egyptian in our group here in downtown Colorado Springs. And so we set up a nice space there with the carpet and the hookah and, and had dates to oh, snack those on. Those dates were amazing. So, yes. <laughs> those were so good. It's our multicultural experience. How about you, Etienne? Uh, mine's the La Gloria Cubana. It's nice. Uh, when it gets to after about the first third, it really mellows out. For being such a dark stick, don't let the color fool you. It really mellows out a lot. I really like the flavors. There, it's a, it's not as strong as it looks otherwise. It's got a good smoky flavor to it. Nice smoke. It's good stuff. Okay, how was yours? My Sherpa is leading me astray. It's not as good as I thought it would end. It's a little more harsh. So I'm looking in my grab bag here and see what I got in the bag to smoke next and light up with and i didn't mention at the beginning but i'm flathead. smoking a cao flathead 660 nice which is this one is becoming probably a top 10 for me i really that's, like that's a big one. cigar for you though steve the 770 which is even bigger is something yeah. that takes quite a while for me to, to work through and so if i'm planning on staying past 7 30 that's usually what i'll so get i, I call those drink. cigars that are really big a commitment to a relationship <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, Kay Paul Felitas, Etienne, and Megan Hardright, thank you so much for kind of casting the vision and hopefully planting a seed that we start to see more Holy Smokes groups start to post regularly within the group and start to take this movement and just take it to a whole new level and into urban areas and rural areas and other places where we currently aren't seeing a whole lot of posts. 
If you're a member of the secret Facebook group, you know that it's easy to miss events in your area. Who are the points of contact in your region? Well, we're working on adding that ability within the membership portion of our website, holysmokes.club. That's holysmokes.club. So if you're not signed up, be sure to go there and register. It's free. By the way, Holy Smokes is a nonprofit, and if you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation to help with the costs of developing the website and producing the podcast, all of which is a combination of volunteering, Kay, Carl, myself, and me paying my staff to assist me in getting this thing going, you can go to paypal.me slash holysmokes. That's paypal.me slash holysmokes and make a donation there. And the link for that, as well as the website, those will be available in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening to the Holy Smokes podcast. And uh, please help us spread the word about Holy Smokes, faith, friendship, fine tobacco and drink. Thanks. Thanks.